uproot the weeds of the discomfort. Let your courage sprout. Fertilize your days with happiness and nourishment. Today, I'm answering the question, how to create a homeschool co-op. I'm currently cozied up by the fire. I got up early, changed my photography website after receiving some helpful feedback, and so got to edit a little bit in the dark with some nice haggy light, then come downstairs, open the windows, fill up the diffuser, turn on the fireplace, and enjoy a soft, cozy blanket, and it's still dark out, it's raining, and a perfect opportunity to chat about something that I'm very passionate about. I've chatted in previous episodes about homeschooling and different aspects, and also there's an episode specifically about how to create community, but today I want to specifically talk about homeschool co-ops and what it's looked like over the past five years for me. So I took the leadership skills I had from creating workout groups, and now that I look back, I was already implementing the kids without me even really intentionally doing that or knowing it. So back when we lived in California and I was leading a workout group, I would do every Friday, we would have a craft for the kids. So I started to just bring in more kid-focused activities. And then never thinking I was going to homeschooling, never thinking I was going to be leading homeschool co-ops, it naturally evolved after that. After we moved back to Hawaii from California, I started a, I didn't call it a homeschool co-op back then. It was more just a preschool co-op. Kai wasn't old enough yet like to be school age technically. And I had checked out some preschools, and if you've checked out preschools in Hawaii before, um, you probably know a lot of the things already. Um, It can be super expensive. It wasn't even really that for me. Um, I was more trying to find what I had envisioned in my head and couldn't find it. And so a lot of parents don't do preschools there because it is so expensive, And what I was looking for, I couldn't really find. So I was like, well, I'll just create a kind of like a little co-op. So I had met moms in stroller strides in different areas. And so I was like, hey, I'm doing this if you'd like to join. Created a Facebook group, plugged everyone into that. And I believe I was doing it twice a week. So I actually would work out with a group of moms. And then I was like, oh, after I work out, we'll just transition right into the preschool co-op. So there I was going from what I was doing in California of a workout group to end it with it being focused on the kids and crafts and different things. So I did that for probably six months because then after that we moved. So I could go into all kinds of stories of living in Hawaii. But so anyways, we moved um, from that first area we were living in And moving kind of solidified for me that we were going to be doing homeschooling instead of going to a school. And that's when I started to dive really into homeschooling and co-ops and what that looked like. 
What do you do when you're new to homeschooling and wanting a homeschool co-op and have no idea really how to start or exactly what you're looking for? You go try them all out and you learn different pieces of what you loved, what you would change, and then you take all those pieces you love and you put it into one place and build your own co-op. So the first year we homeschooled of exploring all these co-ops, Kai was four and I didn't have to have him registered as a homeschooler. And that year we just tried all the different co-ops we could. And that's where I picked those pieces I loved. I carried them with me. I still implement some of those things today and try different philosophies. We did a Montessori co-op. We did a Waldorf co-op. We did more like a on-schooling, just go with the flow of the year co-op. And from those three things, I got to experience how I could build a co-op and run with it. You can go out and explore, like find Facebook groups that are already meeting. And if they're full and they don't have room for you, just ask, hey, can I come observe, be a part of it, kind of learn from you of how you lead it. I've had many people come and do that, or I just will pick people's brains. Um, I would ask questions about how they lead their co-op, what they do. And now I don't so much ask people questions, but I do personally get asked tons and tons of questions. And I will Marco Polo with people and basically give them like a rundown of this is what my month looks like. This is what my day looks like. And that's what I want to share with you now. When I first started getting into leading these co-ops, my months and days um, required a lot more planning than they do now because now being in the groove of this for five years, I know what I want to do. I look for the connections of things just naturally coming into place and not really having to kind of force anything to work. So I've learned a lot of lessons and now I just feel like it's a good flow state. I've led a Waldorf in the Woods a Forest Friday, a Forest Keepers, which was Waldorf inspired. And then now I lead a squash kid circle twice a week. We go to a farm, volunteer on the farm, and then we get into our circle time and have some forest playtime as well. So I've led so many co-ops because if you don't know, uh, we're a military family, we move often. So I create whatever our family is needing for that new space. So the co-ops have shifted and kind of molded with what that new place is, where we are in our life, and also the people that we meet and are coming together to make the co-op come to life. Your co-op can shift every year. That's kind of what I've noticed since I've been doing this. So when I first started doing a Waldorf in the woods, it was on Mondays, and then I led a force Friday on Fridays. So I was leading two different co-ops. It was mostly the same people, but that meant I needed to plan two different days a week. And for those people that were coming to both, try and complement them together into some theme that we could build on. And then when I moved here to Maryland, I was leading a co-op just once a week, and that was our Forest Keepers Waldorf-inspired co-op. And then now we have a co-op twice a week. Mostly the same people come both days. And so, again, complimenting what we're working on and keeping building on it since we're seeing each other twice a week. 
So each year I kind of look at it as I'm going to be all in of something, be committed to it, give it the best I can. And that next year, maybe we need a shift. Maybe it's a different group. Maybe it's forming something different. Maybe it's completely changing how I was doing the circle time and looking at it as like an awesome thing because it's new, it's exciting. It doesn't always have to be the same thing. But for that year, trying to really keep it consistent so the kids know what's coming, what to expect, and also look forward to it. And they're like, oh yeah, we do this on this day. This is how it is. In episode 18, I talk about how to create community. And in there, I talk about how to find your people. So I don't want to repeat myself here and keep it still simple and short so you can get to work on it. So instead of talking about how you find your people, I want to start from once you have them, what your co-op looks like and the planning to execute it, lead it looks like. So you have your people, you've decided what day of the week you're going to meet on, the time you're going to meet. And so then you have this chunk of time and you can plan from there. So when I was leading a Waldorf in the Woods, I wanted to structure it like a outdoor Waldorf classroom would be. So I did this with our Forest Keepers co-op as well. And it was, here's our arrival time. We're arriving 9 to 9.30. The earlier you get there, the more the kids have to run around and get their energy out after being in the car to commute there. And the moms can start to chat a little bit. And so that way at 930, we're ready to gather together, sit down in our circle and begin our day. I would have already sent out the night before, a couple days before, what the packing list was. So every family would come with a family blanket. So that way during circle time, we would build our circle from these blankets And each family would stay together on their blanket so that way the kids aren't distracted with their friends. We know they want to chat, they want to play. And that's why that flexible arrival time of come early, let the kids talk and everything run around, and then they're ready to sit down on their family blankets for a little bit. The circle time, I would keep it to about 30-45 minutes depending on what we were doing. We would sing songs, we would do finger plays, have verses, I would have books that I would read to them. We would chat about whatever our theme was for that month in that circle time. We would begin it always with the same song. And so that way the kids would know circle time is beginning. They could either do nature journaling or fiddle with beeswax. So they didn't have to be looking at me, listening to every word with their eyes. Kids often need something to fiddle with and that's what's helping their brain connect actually what I'm saying. So we would be doing the same routine so they would know kind of where we were in, in the circle time, know when it began, and then know all the transitions of where was coming next, where we were going, based on these songs that I would repeatedly use. If you're familiar with Waldorf, you're probably familiar with the Good Morning song, and we've made many different variations of it. Uh, We actually heard it on a playlist the other day, probably like traditional one and my son was like I like ours a lot better um ours is very personalized now to our farm co-op which is pretty fun so I once you know the tune of it you can kind of go with any words of it and so that way you can make it unique to where you are in the world and the group you're with so after our circle time the kids would have free play time and I had a song for that where I would sing 
Let's go play with our friends, play with our friends, play with our friends. Let's go play with our friends and be wild and free. So then they knew that was their free time to play. Before I would sing that song and release them, I would say, like, let's check in. Tell me kind of what you think we're in this space. Should we go run out onto the road here? Should we go run off to the bathroom without letting our parents know? And this was more when we were in Hawaii and we would rotate spaces like every month for Force Friday. And that way, like, people would know kind of things to look out for in that area. And now where we are, I don't do that because we're in the same area. And most of the families have been there for like 18 months. So that's how I'm saying it's going to shift based on where you are each year and the people you're with. So the kids are off playing and we would obviously like not um, just let them run completely wild and free. Uh, We would be aware of the age of the children and watching what they're doing and popping in and out like a hummingbird parent. But I don't want to go too much into detail about all those things. I'm happy to chat too about when hard situations come up with co-ops, like more individual questions. I always love messages and I'm happy to help. But continuing on of would bring the kids back in from their free play time. And you, what I would try and do was kind of run over to the kids, walk up, engage in their play a little bit, and then I would have a song that would lead them back with me of, can you walk on two feet, two feet, look at me? Can you run on two feet, two feet, look at me? So I would start mimicking it, and they would follow me back to our circle. Kids need food, and they're not going to make it through the whole co-op from 9 to 12 without food. So then we would go into a fruit bowl snack. I would have every family bring a fruit to share. The kids would have their kid-approved knife to prepare that food and add it to our fruit bowl. I chose fruit because usually every family can eat fruit and there's not food intolerances and allergies as much as if I was saying, like, bring anything to share. And the cool thing with the fruit bowl is we would talk about the different colors, how each color helps our body, like any fruit that's red is going to be nourishing for our blood, like talking about the colors of the fruit and the colors that would be within our body. And so each child would add their fruit, we would mix it together, we would say a verse of thank you to the earth for the seeds and the soil, thank you to the sun for making it ripe and good. Thank you to all the farmers and all the cooks for all the love. And then we would have, they would have like their individual plates that they could take their fruits and we would come back into our circle. So they're having their fruit snack and I start explaining whatever our main lesson, our craft was for that day. We would touch on our theme a little bit for that month and then get into our craft. And as they finish their craft... And they would go back into their play. And that would be like usually a little more extended length of play there. Or if we're like celebrating our end of the month, then we would kind of transition into that there, which I'll touch on in a moment. Then to end our co-op, I would bring all the kids back in. And that's when we would do our storytelling and our goodbye song. And from there, some families would stay and play longer, have lunch, 
and other families would head home for nap time or whatever they had going on. So we had a goodbye song that then that way the kids knew our co-op time is completed. That's what a co-op meetup day looked like for the Waldorf in the Woods I led and the Forest Keepers here that I led. For Forest Fridays, I would just do a circle time and then the rest was going hiking or exploring. Sometimes we would do crafts, but they were more walking crafts kind of thing. Not really like, you don't want to be like, hey guys, bring a giant bag and let's carry it through the forest. <laughs> um, so there I would actually have these little cute rings with forest affirmations and different things there. I'm more focused on mindfulness and teaching the kids how to feel and process their emotions especially like anger and I would try and complement it into whatever we're doing in our Waldorf in the woods so now what I do is completely different and I'll touch on that but there's so many ideas so it's more what your group wants and what you are looking for specifically at the age your child's at now what I do is I have a Tuesday-Thursday squash kid circle that I lead. So we get to the farm and we work on the farm for a good three hours. And then we'll go into our circle time, which is nice because the kids have gotten all their like big energy out by then, have been chatting all morning. And so they're ready to sit down and shift their focus a bit. So I have them usually sit down together at a picnic table and we have our good morning song there that we start with so they're knowing we're beginning and then i'll go into a breathing exercise sometimes i have different verses or finger plays we'll do from there or just like a poem something to read about the current season or what we're focusing on and i don't really do as much singing as i used to with other groups because I've shifted it more to rhythm sticks and listening to music and finding and connecting with the rhythm is at least currently what we're doing. Um, and I feel like this helps them feel more comfortable with music and understanding that connection. And then we can bring in the singing more and staying on beat and we're going to build our own drums. And so connecting with the rhythm and the instruments and singing will come in eventually. But it's fun to do new things, especially for Kai now being in a co-op for five years and his mom leading it. It'd probably be pretty boring if I always did the same thing for him. Some days we nature journal, some days we don't. I really just let it flow together of Tuesday, Thursday, how they're going to complement each other, how the whole month is going to complement each other. But the thing I do now that I haven't done in the past is every meetup we do have a craft and so it's more supplies to bring and kind of making sure like every child's getting the supplies that they miss. So more of those kind of logistics are things I need to think about nowadays. And this month is super fun that we have a scavenger hunt and fairy garden that we built. And the fairies will bring the kids surprises after they complete the task. And so it's really fun to have something where you're building on every month and each week like it's coming together more and more instead of just like oh hey 
um, this month we're doing this just this one time. We're going to have a scavenger hunt on this day. No, it's this month is building on last month and each week is helping the excitement in this scavenger hunt build more and more. Our squash kids circle time probably lasts 30 minutes to an hour depending on the date and what else we have going on because we also do passion guilds where other people are coming in or we're rotating as parents teaching different things like I've taught yoga I've taught um with essential oils and Kai got his leg injury and how we used essential oils to help keep us calm and help heal his body so anything any of the adults are passionate about we all teach not only the younger kids but also all the way up to teens so our full day at the farm looks like we arrive at 8 eight thirty. Kai gets to have some free play time with his friend before we start by 9 and then we work on the farm for three hours then we have our squash kids circle and lunchtime and then we either have passion guild or head into the forest and the afternoons will kind of shift in what we do but they are getting like so much exposure to, to so many cool things that people are passionate about and want to share and want to teach. They get to learn so many cool skills. They get to do all these crafts and let their imagination run wild building fairy gardens all over this farm and forest. I've been in co-ops where each month is kind of like a random theme or that changes week to week and there's not really a flow to it. And then I've been in co-ops and leading co-ops where there's a flow to the year. You can connect it to how a Waldorf flow of the year would function with the different season changes and the different festivals and the natural rhythm of the year. And I think this helps the kids connect to the natural rhythm of the year of, oh, it's fall. What would we do be doing in fall? And last week they learned about mending clothes and this coming week we're making our own brooms so you can connect to oh it's this time of the year we could knit our own hats to prepare that it's going to get colder soon in winter and we're going to need this to keep ourselves warm and then they know as going through their life and becoming adults like oh yeah it's almost winter and this is what we normally do during this time and learning these skills they need for things they might incorporate for themselves as they become their own adults. I look at the month as week one, two, three, four, depending how the the month is and the weeks, we introduce the theme that first week and you build on that theme throughout the month. And then I like to celebrate that theme, the last meetup of the month. And with different co-ops I've done, I've made it like, oh, it's our festival we are going to celebrate with a potluck and I would have a banner and each month one of the families would volunteer to make a flag for our banner for that month and so if we were doing Martinmas then someone would probably make a lantern banner and we would add it up there and so that way I would only pull out that flag banner the last week of the month when we're doing our potluck and our festival celebration so it kind of brings it to a closing But then the next month picks up some piece from what we are doing and builds on it. So each month is building on each other. Each week is building on each other. And it just becomes this natural rhythm of the year and how we're living and learning. As you've probably noticed, this is one of my more lengthy 
podcast episodes because it's something I'm super passionate about and spend a lot of my time, energy, love, and dedication to it and have been for, I can't believe, um, this is my fifth year. So what I did do was a couple years ago, the moms that were coming to my co-op for Waldorf in the Woods and Forest Friday encouraged me to make a guide so that more families wouldn't feel intimidated to start and put this into action and more kids could be experiencing the magic and joy a homeschool co-op can bring. So I took a lot of time and created, I think it's almost an 80-page PDF to help people get this going. All the logistics of finding your people and starting it when hard situations happen, how to navigate it, all the questions that could come up, resources for mindful parenting and for mindful kids. It has then a plan for every single month, the books you could get from the library, the stories you could tell, the crafts you could do, your circle time. There's a YouTube video that matches each circle time. So if you don't know the song I'm singing, you can hear it and learn it. It's literally everything you need to start and lead a full year of a co-op. And then once you do that, you know the rhythm of it. And you can either do the same thing if you want, change it a little bit. You can shift it for younger or older kids. I have so many ideas and I'm never going to run out of ideas with homeschool co-op. And I'm thinking about making a new resource kind of of because so many people have bought it from my Etsy shop and put it into practice. So then creating the second year and because I have shifted it, I don't still do what is in that guide because I've been leading it for so many years. And so then how you would lead your second year, how you would lead your third year. So if you want to check that out, it is in my Etsy shop and I will put the link in the show notes. If you can't find it, feel free to message me on Instagram and I will get you that direct link if you want to talk more about homeschooling and I did not answer your question today send me a message with it and I would love to answer it to bring this episode to a closing I want to share something that is working really well for me right now and helpful and that is I made kind of a commitment to myself goal for myself that for November, I wanted to eat at home and not eat out at all. Usually, as a family, everyone likes to eat out, so we would eat out like at least once a week, honestly, more like two or three times, and my food intolerances are very strong, so I'm noticing by eating at home just how well I'm feeling and resetting my body from cross-contamination of different foods I don't normally eat and I really enjoy cooking and so it's been nice to cook my own meals be home enjoy them and I started on November 1st so made it quite a ways now and gonna keep going Let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Vanessa's Holistic Living. Send any requests for future episodes.